Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? We're back on our normal schedule, finally. Yeah, Dennis Rogers. How is it? How does it feel to be on a, a normal weekly podcast show on a regular schedule? <laughs> like it's. I mean, it's all right, except it's it's been like three days. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I wouldn't say that it's on a regular schedule. Where we we did our weekly challenge and only had a short turnaround on that one, but thankfully I. I knew it's sort of racking my brain for some of our some of our topics. I'm like, I don't know what what has happened that I can talk about in the in the past four days oh like, dennis nothing it's you and me we can talk about anything hey how's that grass it's growing true. on the side it's of true. your house there is it nice is it the green <laughs> you know i mean it's ridiculous uh, yep yep ne- never never for a shortage of breath here especially because we only have what how many days left till gen con what's our report uh it's two weeks um you know i did not do do, do the math keyboard. Yeah, push some buttons and figure out the calculation of the thing um 15 days Holy shit. <laughs> no. Explicative. Yeah, exactly. Um, 15 days. That's crazy. Um, that doesn't seem... That's two weeks. That's two weeks until next Tuesday. Yeah, you, you have to have a... There's got to be a day off on your thing there, because it like at best, it could be Wednesday. At I mean, best. I'm just going to the website, and that's what they say. I mean, maybe for vendors and stuff, it starts on, on Tuesday. We will not be there Tuesday. We will be there Wednesday yes. to... Hopefully make Fox miserable with D&D <laughs> the way that he tries to make me miserable when we play Star Trek Adventures. Oh, man. I, I wonder, that, uh, if anything, we've got to have fire. Fox on the show during Gen Con, at least in the room when we're talking, so we can review his his hopefully incredibly amazing, great uh, D&D game. Because last, last year's like... is legendary, so... Can only go. Yeah, I feel like our our Gen Con show will probably be pretty Gen Con centric as far as like games played, games demoed, games purchased, and maybe the following week after uh, after everybody's been home and had some time to to cool down, we'll get we'll get Geek Scholar Fox on here to to defend his his DMing choices. <laughs> I'm 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 being unnecessarily hostile. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm excited. I, I know that uh, that everyone that gets to play this is becoming uh, it's after even just one year it's already got the the excitement of having a uh, uh, a little bit of a tradition whether it be uh, I mean no matter what I mean gonna, kudos something. to Fox for for even attempting this. Like it's stressful enough for me to to GM four players <laughs> remotely to do like whatever we had like eight ten people at least, like at least. all playing all drinking talking over each other it's just chaos you know that there's so many memories to think back at that one and about uh but one one of the many things that stands out is you, you mentioned we're all drinking we're all going and and here's fox uh geek scholar fox from geek scholar news uh movie news he that uh he's sitting there on a just a chair with like a little stool for his DMing stuff, and he uses he, the stool. he had a chair he was sitting on and another chair facing him to have all his his uh, materials, his notes and what whatnot. Right, right. But he also had this like this little stool on the side that he he used to put his glass of wine, which I thought was pretty great. <laughs> we we all have whiskey and and different sorts of tons of beer t- choices, and, and he's he pours his nice wonderful glass of wine and sets it down like i'm in for a nice relaxing wonderfully good evening didn't didn't he didn't he spill that wine (laughs) probably that's what i'm saying i don't doubt it i mean it starts off with him like this is going to be good and easy and then then it's just this 
him managing chaos most of the time uh, in a very fun way. So I, I am looking forward yeah. to whatever it is. I don't care if we're, you know, playing the Goonies through D and D or whatever it might be. It's I'm, I'm excited about it. So for mostly as always with RPGs, it's I'm most excited about hanging out with my, my buddies in a fun raucous way managed by somebody who's just trying his best to, to keep up, you know? Yeah. L- last year, last year I kind of screwed that up. I mean, I, had never played D and D fifth edition. I'd only played Pathfinder, right? And um, and so I went online on like the you know the fifth edition Reddit to see like what's the powerful combo because in Pathfinder I had a pretty strong ranger character who would do like three attacks every you know plus damage. He did a ton of damage, um, and they're like, oh well, if you if you combine uh sorcerer and warlock you can do this and this and this other thing and like i i had a character who would do a lot of damage but then we didn't do very much combat for one and second um i just rolled really poorly i like missed every attack and so i didn't (laughs) even get to take advantage of this you know overpowered damage and then i had this kind of weird like there's weird lore around the, a sorcerer and like how they're different from a uh, a wizard. Yep, yep. And the warlock is clearly like dark evil kinds of magic, yep. you know, a little bit of Cthulhu kind of flavor stuff. And so I had no real concept of how to role play it. I also uh not to not to cast aspersion on the rest of our group, but I was really focused on like how would a Faerun character act in this situation on a on a starfleet ship like there should be much more like other world kind of confusion and questioning and and all that stuff where everybody else was just like crazy having right. fun to, it's to, to the point to catch where up some of our, our our listeners who who hadn't understand like hadn't listened to our earlier episodes. yeah we've we've talked about it on the show before but if you yeah. haven't listened to the whole catalog um we'll go ahead you would like yeah to say say uh our buddy fox uh, decided he was going to run a, a, a short one little episode D&D campaign for uh, us and our friends just to get us into this kind of nerdy-ish, geeky mood for Gen Con. And uh, we have a, a group of at least 20 people who come and stay, buddies who all come from all over the country to stay in a in a, a place for the for the week. So he's like, we're going to kick it's it off like with 12 this. 12 people. It's but. crazy. And uh, we're, we're uh, all going to, he's going to run this thing. So he did. It's for ten people, and he decided that we're playing. He he chose D and D. We all made D and D characters. Uh, some of us never playing before, not knowing what we were doing, and just jumping in. And then, like right in the first five minutes, he said, "Oh, by we're playing D and D, but you just got sucked into space by the Starship Enterprise, and we're now playing Star Trek, but you're playing D and D with your D and D characters." And we were all like totally thrown for a loop, and you know, craziness ensued. So that's where Dennis is talking about, like we didn't know how to role play a guy yeah yeah and like um our our buddy pete that we've had on the show he rolled a a druid and you're like what kind of natural like nature powers are you using on a starship like it doesn't make any sense um but yeah i think he is he has said that this year is going to be straight D D. so what i from all the experience that i've had in the last year with listening to the adventure zone and figuring out how to how to run a game myself um i'm thinking like on the one hand i could just reuse the same character from last year sure on the other hand i'm like i really need to be thinking more about and again i'm 
I'm probably going too. My mind's going too hard on the role play, but um, I feel like that's mostly what Fox is into anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love, more so than I, more so than like like rules and mechanics, except in as much as those things inform the kind of crazy role playing uh, decisions. So I'll be thinking more about um, like the personality of my character and what kind of really crappy accent i can come up with <laughs> exactly i was gonna say I, 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 th- I love the guy but i have a feeling that uh just putting general stuff down on a character sheet will probably be enough you know yeah, it, it, yeah. if you put like there's some numbers that are on there you'll be okay you know <laughs> that's okay uh, and then and then just use uh sure i got a magic missile fine yeah whatever yeah that's a ticket um but the and, and it, you'll still have fun so anyway, I, I'm looking forward to that. That's that's on a Wednesday, and that's uh, when we're going to be there. We're we're going to record. Um, Dennis and I are still talking about how our how our um, recording process is going to happen for that day. But our listeners can be assured to hear a Gen Con special uh, this year, which would be our actually first Gen Con special that we'll have. Um, and hopefully, yeah, it'll be up. It'll be up a week after Gen Con, just like all of our other shows that come out a week. Right. And, and, and I'm hoping that our listeners get to hear if every, if the stars align correctly, we'll hear a lot of our, our special guests that we've had throughout the year, you know, on and off on the same show, perhaps hopefully together at the same time. So it's to have almost that true front porch experience that we've always built this show upon. Um, <laughs> so that's that's I am looking forward to that. It'll it'll go on. And who knows, knowing us, it, we probably might have to split it into a two part show, but that, that'll be all right. Too. I mean, we, we if if things go well, we might post it off schedule. Yeah, and see, just like record normally the the following Monday, and then just post this up whenever post up the Gen Con episode whenever uh, it's done being edited, and we don't edit that much, but right. just audio processing it yeah. all. The mo- the most exciting part is to get to get all of all of the the show's guests and and throughout the last year um, together in kind of one place, plus new exciting things. And if and if we are very lucky, you might even hear the the elusive Zon that I think is the remaining oh, yeah. one of our yeah. core group that uh, still is eludes the has microphone nev- has never been on the show. My, my brother, David has also never been on. Oh the show. yeah. But David, David's remote. He's a, he's a NASA working guy. That's true. To, That's true. To get one of those guys on. Actually, we, we need to, have we had Andrew on? Yeah, we recorded uh, when he, he's in town now, but when last time he was in town, we recorded both off the same mic and the audio quality wasn't very good. Oh, right, right, right. We'll, we'll, we'll have to get him back on while he's, he's around. Um, cool. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, listen to our, our listeners, you know, keep, keep an eye on the next couple of weeks. That's our 15 days. We're pumped. That's our weekly, weekly Gen Con update. Let's, um, let's jump the schedule, the, 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 uh, the set list here a little bit and, um, talk about last week's weekly challenge. Okay. I'm so in in the spirit of the weekly challenge being a challenge and all that that implies, uh, you had us watch Jurassic Park colon the Lost World, the Lost World, which would be Jurassic Park two in the in the the series. Right. Yeah. In the straight order of now. Now, this uh, is interesting. I, I last week we talked about Jurassic World and I gave it a very lukewarm kind of review. Um Mm-hmm. This 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 will speak to my um, uh, not caring about necessarily how great the movie is. Um, I went and watched Jurassic World again in the theater this last weekend. 
Uh, now, oh, Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. Now, I I did because I went with a friend who had not seen it before, um, sure, and we're excited to watch it. So I am not one of those people that can say like, oh, this movie's terrible. We're not going to watch it. Blah 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 blah. I'm totally fine with watching movies that I think are just okay, so so, just for the experience mm-hmm. of being in the theater. Watching one of the most important things to me about watching a, a movie is well, not important, but it's a big thing is a shared experience that you come out. And if someone yeah, hates the movie, and, you can walk out and both commiserate how terrible it is. Or if one sure. likes it, you can say, oh, I like this. And like, oh, you know what? I get that. And it's just that. It's experience. a sort of side effect of of watching movies in a group is that you're, if especially if you're somebody like me, you're heavily influenced by the other person's reactions to things. Yes. Yes. And let me tell you. But yeah, for, yeah. for the most part, like I've seen, I've seen so many movies. I've seen a lot of movies that I like. Um, and longtime listener to the show, no, we talk about movies all the time, but a lot of movies that I like, and a handful of movies that were were just okay. We're like, uh, you you spend a lot of money on something that was was not great. It was just okay. Um, yeah. But very few movies that are just straight, you know, awful is the wrong word, but like like made mistakes that just like hooked me in some way or to use the to use the modern parlance triggered in yeah. some way right. um you know you t- you take a movie like justice league that we talked about it got yeah. pretty poor reviews but uh, my expectations going into it were so low that i was like this this is okay yeah, like the that. villain was pretty dumb but there were some funny moments like you know, I think Superman we talked about thing. this at length. Superhero comic book movies have sort of a like a like a mandatory minimum requirement of uh, of humor yep. because the the premise is goofy from the start. You know, unless you're a guy uh, in a the, guy in a costume and a cape, you know, flying around punching bad guys or whatever. Like you can't you can't take that too seriously. Well, unless you're you know. Batman versus Superman, it, then it's all hardcore. or or. Fantastic Four, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so go on. I didn't. I didn't catch your. So did you? Did you like Fallen Kingdom better upon rewatching? Um, I, I, let me let me speak. Actually, instead of that, the answer is I, I feel the same. But but the ah. the 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 thing I'd like to say about that is that um, to kind of bring it into the shared experience thing is that this person that I saw it to has been a longtime friend, and she. I hadn't watched movies with her for a long time. And then, so I I had forgotten how she watches movies and what I enjoy about that is that she, she very much so gets into the movie. Like she will jump at scary scenes. She will laugh out loud (laughs) at things. And, and that is such an amazing and great thing to go with somebody who can really kind of put themselves in that thing. And let me tell you, it enhances your experience as well. You know, you, you sit down and you know, parts, I know the scary parts coming up. Um, but I'm watching it and all of a sudden you hear Ooh, kind of next to you and you're like, Oh, she's getting scared or getting upset, you know, and then she jumps or grabs and you're like, that's fun. You know, that's, that's like, you kind of smile within yourself and you laugh a little bit more at a line, even though, you know, is just kind of funny. But when somebody else is mm-hmm. laughing at it next to you, you're like, okay, that's kind of funny too. You just have that. Feeling. Well, you, I mean, you know what that is? What? That's, that's the real experience that the uh that the studio audience or the laugh track is meant to replicate. Yes, yes, exactly, right. If if they're laughing then you're laughing and it makes you feel better and it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and then that's that's a real world 
very tactile kind of type thing. And, and it was fun. Sure. So w- watching the movie again, I know we're going, I'm going way too much far from our weekly challenge. I want to bring it back, but uh, I did watch this and it gave me a, another kind of view, another chance to view at it. Um, and then immediately, I think the next was it the, that, that very same night I watched this again, um, watched the, okay. the Jurassic part two. And that's really good because there, there are some, thematic similarities between the two similarities yeah uh not a lot but a little bit um and i got to recognize those a bit um because in the if there's two trilogies or whatever it might be end up being uh that this is the second one in the in the new ones yeah this one's a pair which you know from my kind of whatever because this movie's not very good but it is a good challenge to go along with fallen kingdom because of what you just described right um you, you, you kind of said it right. It's not a great movie. I, I'm going to go ahead and say we'll we'll we'll, we'll give this <laughs> we'll give this we'll give this a score. We're going to go one to one to seventeen on here. Um, on a score of one to seventeen, uh, it's hard for me to say. I'm I'm going to I'm going to rate I'm going to rate this in just just how I feel. Always we talk about ratings based on let's see other things kind of in the genre, and I would and I would put this in summer popcorn blockbuster ish movie, be it thing. Um, and, ah, so in the genre of, of popcorn summer blockbuster. Yes. That's, that's kind of where I, that's where I put this at. I don't, I don't put it as an action movie or a a drama or a sci-fi or whatever. I I put this definitely with, yeah. If you, if you put it against any, any serious legitimate movies, it's like a one. Oh yeah. You're putting it way too low. Yeah. I no, but, but I, I would not, I would not go to this as like, I want, I want this, or I've got expectations. I, this is the kind of movie just like fallen kingdom that I go with full expectations of this is, you know, just nonsense. And I'm here with popcorn and friends and we're watching this big thing on the big screen with stuff. Yeah. Um, so that being said on one of 17 with that, um, let's see, I, I'd give it an 11 or 12. What what is half there? Eight, nine, maybe, maybe a 10 or 11, I'd say. Um, simply because there was, there was a lot of fun moments. Uh, there's a lot of better acting than I thought. The directing could have had better choices, and that's Steven Spielberg I'm talking about here. Um, mm. But yeah, o- a overall. lot of younger, a lot of younger act. I mean, it's this movie's like twenty, twenty five. No, mm-hmm. nineteen ninety five. This came out. No. The original was ninety five. I don't know, whatever. So a couple of years after that, so it's, it's about at least, least twenty at least, years. At least twenty years. years, yeah. Um. So yeah, un- younger actors, some of whom I was like, I know this guy, but I've only seen him, you know, as an old man because he's like in his fifties when this movie was made. The or the, maybe, uh, maybe maybe forty mid forties. The um, but yeah, so a couple couple things that that I talk about here with this, and, and then we'll I'll switch it over to you and see what you think. Um, so I'd remember in the past, uh, the, the child actress being his daughter being something I didn't like a lot. And and I guess that generally my feel mostly about child actors in almost all movies in the, in my past with very rare exceptions. Um, but you know, now that I can appreciate acting and directing and kind of natural feeling people, she was actually all right. Like she, in the scenes she's in with Jeff Goldblum and stuff, if you look at her and say, this is just a kid going to a set with people she doesn't know, she really acts well. Uh, yeah, I mean, her, her... Sorry, I know you said you were going to... No, no, go ahead. But her, go ahead. Her, um, 
like the the weakest or you know l- lamest i guess i'm going to say yeah. things about her character were not her acting they were either the writing she was given or that stupid gymnastics thing yeah that's that's was, my ne- that wasn't that's my her that was clearly an actual gymnast yeah and that that's my that's my next thing there was that it's like she was fine and she did good she delivered her lines well um so mm-hmm. super props to her but that's where i said the directing things like the gymnastics scenes is absurd and when she's flipping through to hit a dinosaur to do you know oh, we're gonna set this up that <laughs> just is horrible it's just a horrible thing um and that's steven spielberg the guy i, I believe he did direct this right um is that he said like okay here we go because that's not it's it i can't see that being in the script maybe it's like she does the gymnastic flips and kicks the thing but he directed that he's like okay let's have you set up with several flips and do these kind of things and then you rent okay um and then his directing was kind of a little bad because so many scenes, it looked like it was choreographed. It was hardcore choreographed um, mm-hmm. that the dinosaurs roll over the people and the, and the, the actors are just, it's like, Oh, I can see that they're just rolling on the ground, jumping like there's nothing there and it doesn't have any kind of impact. Um, and that's not just CG. That just was, you know, camera shots and placements and the whole scene. Yeah. Um, so that, that was, that was pretty bad. And that so many times threw me out of the stuff and I, and I can go multiple parts in that. Like when they first meet, I can never remember the girl's name, the main girl. She, when they meet her and there's the stegosauruses come and attack her, she just, Is her name Sarah, Sarah, that's it. When Sarah's there and the stegosauruses attack her and, um, you know, it just looks like she's okay. Lady, jump to the left. Now jump to the right. Now duck. Now roll. Now to dive. You know, it, it just mm-hmm. felt like she was anticipating everything, and all of the characters. Um, when the um, the big people are all coming together and fighting the Tyrannosaurus or cha- running from the Velociraptors, all feels very chore- looks very choreographed. Like hard it's sort of. Work. I was gonna. I'm gonna. Sorry, I'm. I'm cutting no, you off go ahead. again there. But yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking about that, and I'm like, you know, a part of it is that all of the effects, like. This movie is from 97. It was Spielberg and apparently was nominated for, um, or no, it won. It won, no, it was nominated for uh, Best Effects, Visual Effects uh, in the Academy Awards in, in 98. But um, I was thinking, like, part of that is made worse by the fact that all of the visual effects are fairly obvious. This is like in the, in the awkward uncanny valley between like the arrival of computer graphic effects uh cg effects and um you know the the lord of the rings trilogy where that technology i think was really hit its peak and has has moved forward to mostly be mostly be very well done very well executed you know there are definitely more more often in television but movies and tv that don't have the budget to do the effects really well and so they're they're really obvious but i thought the um, the thing that ha- has not really changed in that whole um, technology stack is the actors. Like the actors still have to react to something that's not there, but that's not entirely true because, like, um, you know, we have such good motion capture technology now that, um, for example, in season two of Stranger Things, there's a scene where a character is being attacked by a um a monster. And in the 
in the sort of making of featurette, they talk about how they had one of the writers, one of the series writers on the set who she didn't live in town. She was just there visiting. And um, the 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 person herself, the writer was fairly small, like probably five, two or whatever. And they're like, hey, you're just about the right size that we could, you know, you could do this, uh, do this thing if you want to put on some some mocap rig and 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 do that and so when when they do the scene she's like jumping on him and flailing her arms like she's a monster kind of attacking him and whatever and so there's more like of course all of that is replaced with monster in in post in the effects but the reaction of the actor can be much more natural because they are not reacting to nothing yeah right right um and so you can get but because it's you know, it's got to be the rare actor who can convincingly react to nothing. Yeah. And and in that one, they were in this one movie. I mean, they were it. it I know they was directed with nothing. You know, yeah. just it, you could just tell. So that that's something um, that I did. Unless, it's, I, I unless did. it was animatronic or something, which there were some of those. There but. were some of those. Uh, but but I, I, I did. I, so I felt that the failure that, I, that made this movie not so great wasn't necessarily the script. I think the idea is OK. Uh, but the. Uh, the the directing sadly was kind of off. Uh, I will say that, uh, and you know what? Even the best have have hiccups sometimes. Um, sure. The 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 story, eh? It's okay. I mean, this was where it rings with Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom, is that it go it goes very much into the like the there's a half act two is in it's San Diego, right? That they go to yeah, the U.S. I, th- I thought the movie was over, and then there was a whole. I was like, oh, man, this is really blatant foreshadowing for the third one. And then, like, I checked the time, and I'm like, oh, there's 20 minutes left. What the heck are they going to do? with? Oh, I see. This yeah. is not foreshadowing. It's just a, a last, one last thing. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Jurassic World, or Jurassic Park 3 is actually a whole movie that goes back to the roots, just like Jurassic Park 1. So it's very much ah. contained on one of the islands. It's a... It's it's very much like the, the original ones, like their survival through the, the jungle type stuff, um, which which makes makes that one in my memory at least a, a, a much better one. So anyway, I I don't mind them going to the to the the modern world uh, because I didn't mind that too terribly with Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom, um, but or Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, but it, it you're right it it they could have maybe just stretched it out and then not had it. I don't know how that would have played out and just kind of ended it differently. So that wasn't terribly exciting or, or necessarily needed. Uh, I, I'm still, I don't know. I'm still torn on this Jeff Goldblum thing. I know we had a little bit of uh, differences in opinion on this one. He, I, I think this movie really epitomizes why I have a hard time with him because he just comes off in every of his movies as this arrogant, guy that doesn't deserve to be arrogant uh, he, he's he's walking around and the very first scene you see him he's actor fake yawning in front of a, a like a subway station thing you're like oh god you're just you're just a terrible <laughs> actor all of a sudden doing this and then you walk in this completely leather outfit that's like i'm just too cool for school and and you're you're walking in there and this guy walks up and he's like i know you which by the way it was very 90s acting it was just terrible and he's starts rolling his eyes and acting like he's too good for stuff and then and i mean by the way, this isn't lot, just the role this is jeff goldblum in all his roles a lot of those are 90s tropes but i i think at least from what i've seen he's not he's not a leading a leading man actor but in this movie he was 
in this movie he was and so i think that's part of it like he gets so much dialogue and so much screen time that his um idiosyncrasies are really you know much more apparent oh there he you i i would agree with that i would agree with that wholeheartedly he uh when, when he goes and he he's like oh he's supposed to be some kind of hero to go save her first off very misogynistic just just saying i know that's a modern thing but whatever it's it's the 90s yes it's the 90s and so he 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 goes to save her and uh which is fine it makes him you know want to be good um but he is it's just so condescending to her and to other people the whole time. Um, and because he's just knows stuff and he's better. And every time he's on the screen saying these things, I keep thinking, you know what, if you weren't such a jerk, maybe people would be like, okay, or said it in a more intelligent way. People would listen to you. Um, but he's just, he's constantly cutting people down. Like the whole scene where he says like, hi, hide," And he's like, Oh, it puts you at a convenient biting thing if he's mm. like you know what you ever think about the dinosaurs are up there and they're going to bite you it's a really bad that's a really you, know, you should rethink your stuff instead of like being an arrogant jerk um i so, mean but, yeah i see i see what you're saying and you're not wrong but think about like think about like very intelligent people that you know or even <laughs> yeah. or even for example like like the character of guilfoyle in silicon yeah. valley right. like very 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 intelligent well-educated people are often that way. I, like I think it, you're it's right. a com- it's a combination of like um intentional you know elitism or aloofness or whatever or just like social insecurity and in and ineptitude that makes people n- not um not take into account emotions or or social niceties when they're yeah. talking. I'm not you're not wrong like a, a lot of that a lot of that dialogue and a lot of that stuff was really poor, um, poorly written and and executed. But. Well, you you know when I as you say that the thing that makes me think this is that that they're they're cross they're cross breeding him here that at least that character because not not if they put him off as this intelligent guy who just has these social things that he just says whatever okay I probably could accept him but what they do is they brand him as a rock star he has. You know, he's got, right. like I said, the leather outfits They that at the very beginning, they, they um, establish him as being this guy that has many different relationships with women and he's, he knows everybody and he's Mr. Popular and he's this great guy. He's like, he's supposed to be like, like some cross section between Indiana Jones and like James Dean or something. Right. And that makes like, none of that weird. makes any sense whatsoever. Only does it no, make me contemptible in my mind. But uh, so, so anyway, yeah. that's probably a thing that got in my way. It, it probably got in my way enjoying this movie because mm. he, he just is this thing that I, I'm not a fan of. And, and you're right. Now that you say it, maybe it's not just Jeff Goldblum. Maybe it's that the writing put him as these things and costuming and directing. And then he delivers his normal Jeff Goldblum lines and it comes off as a bad, bad taste in my mouth. Um, right. So, so yeah, that, that was the thing. Now, some, some positive things about this movie that I felt was that, um, uh, I like the, the Tyrannosaurus is treated well. I mean, given the high highlight, it, sadly, they keep going back to the Tyrannosaurus well in these movies, but the, it, yeah, after that, a, at that second one, it was like, Oh, I just well wanted to see one. Right. Um, and, uh, the, the great, this was the first time in all these movies, you do see a great white hunter type person. And that guy was okay. That was kind of cool. Um, you see it. You cut out there. A, a what? Oh, a, a great white hunter type person. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which which they they have it again. There's a cor- uh, correlation to the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is that they have another great white hunter. They even call him the great white hunter. Um, so <laughs> so it, it's it's the in the one in the, in this movie we we're reviewing this week uh, fits. He's a good actor that works in there, and it, it does okay. Now, uh, what did you think about? Like Vince Vaughn, the side characters like Vince Vaughn and is it Eddie and things like it's, that. And it's the first time I've ever seen Vince Vaughn not playing Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he he didn't feel and, like that. And and by that I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow a Family Guy joke here a little bit, but um, Vince Vaughn's normal character of I'm too selfish and self centered to really get along with or try to understand another human being. Yeah. Oh no! Right. Wait, yes, I am. Or no, right. I'm not. Like, however, however you want to say that. Like, right, right. that seems to be his character arc in everything that he's done since, I don't know, the breakup, Wedding Crashers. Right. He was List in Mr. Mrs. Any, Smith. He did that, too. Any, any, any Vince Vaughn movie. And maybe, you know, just like Jeff, not just like Jeff Goldblum, but similar to Jeff Goldblum, he can actually shine in a minor role. Like, he was okay in this. I mean, he's playing a weird it's a weird thing for a guy who looks like Vince Vaughn to be playing the um environmentalist nerds from from Fallen Kingdom yeah but uh but yeah but, he was he was fine. by the way these guys were better than the environmentalist nerds from Fallen Kingdom they were, <laughs> they weren't perfect but com- set them next to those two after just watching Fallen Kingdom right before this I was like I would take Vince Vaughn and this guy any day you know any day um, so yeah, I, I still feel that it's at the middle, it's at the middle rung. Um, I, I will, I don't give it a bad number because I wouldn't tell people to not watch this movie. There's a lot of movies that I'd say that, you know, don't go, don't waste your time on watching, um, this one. Yeah, you're, you're okay. If you're watching, if you're watching the Jurassic Park movies or you want to watch a dinosaur movie or if it's on TV, sure. It's okay. Go ahead and watch it. You're not going to like waste your life by watching it. Um, but, but you're not going to come out knowing anymore. Unlike some things, like if you're watching, yeah, there are other franchises like, um, maybe X-Men is this way, but the old classic Star Trek movies are definitely this way. Like, yeah, to a certain extent, you're safe skipping the odd ones. No, that's not how it works. (laughs) Um, because three is search for Spock and it's weird, but it's important to the continuity. Um, definitely skip five where they go to the center of the universe and meet God. Um, and I mean, I would say skip insurrection, but that's, that's me. Like there are so many that you're like, yeah, you could just summer and skip this and, and yeah. And and same with the the transformer Um, movies, you know, there's just some that you, you want to look grade low. I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen any of those after the second one. So I would say like, if you're really into Transformers, watch the first one, and if that disappoints you, just go do something else. Well, uh, th- this is on the on the subject of, of you know how do you rate movies, and and some of those I am a big Transformer fan, and I would even rate some of those as like don't waste your life. Um, so right, so you get, right, so th- exactly. those those require a low rating. This is not one. So of those. this is not one of those. Ones so how do you how do you think this one compare? How do you think Lost World compares to Fallen Kingdom? Uh, side by side, this one's better. I mean, it just it there. It's got bad things, but Fallen Kingdom has a lot of bad things, and mm. and it's 
it's just, they're both summer blockbuster movies and they're, they're fair comparisons, but I, I fallen kingdom. I watched it again the second time. And while I enjoy, I greatly enjoyed the shared experience of watching the movie. It didn't make the movie any better. Um, and if anything, actually my score for, for fallen kingdom may go down a, 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 a notch because it's, Chris Pratt delivers his lines great, but the lines are bad. The characters are bad. The mm-hmm, mm-hmm. nothing's nothing's great about it. The storyline just gets weaker the more you watch it. Yeah, um, I I could see that. And unlike you know, I'm constantly i I try I was trying to make a point earlier about about movies that I dislike because I I keep going back to Last Jedi and I I feel like there's an <laughs> element of that that proves that I don't hate a lot of movies because my go-to example of a bad movie is always Last Jedi. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I saw I saw Last Jedi in the theater twice and aside from as you say shared experience like I got to um enjoy a little bit of uh um uh Schadenfreude as it's called. Um of watching my brothers experience the movie for the first time. Yeah. Um, but I already knew all of the things about the movie that were going to disappoint me yeah. or frustrate me. And so I was able to enjoy the rest of it. Like I think it was a, a more pleasant experience the second time than the yeah. first. Um, but I, th- I think you're probably not wrong about uh, lost world versus fallen kingdom. You, you know, you know, I like what you said about that, having that second time through and being able to kind of ignore the things that, okay, I know this is a bad joke. I'm just going to ignore it. Um, Watching the fallen kingdom a second time through, it was more difficult to watch those scenes. (laughs) I mean, I, I know that those eco people are massively annoying and just terrible in all aspects, but every time they kept coming up on stage, it just made it worse. Like, Oh, I know here's, because they have kind of important-ish parts, and they're so blatant, and you're like, oh, this is, I, I have to listen to this, and oh, it's even worse than I remember that it was, you know. <laughs> I, I, I think my first time through, I was like, oh my god, just this can't be real. And then now the second time watching it, it's like, I know it's real, and oh my god, it's worse than I thought it was. Um, uh, so, All right, yeah, so for, yeah. for me... Um, and 117 as, is our score. As, as, as always, we're not... We're not movie critics. These are no, our impressions slash hot takes. Um, I'm hovering somewhere closer to like a seven to eight. Oh wow! Okay. Um, it's, it's and a, it's so a there are number recommend. There are a number of factors there. I started it kind of late last night. I almost forgot because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we had like four days since we recorded last time. I had forgotten all about it. And I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this movie. This. <laughs> And hey, wait, wait. I think that people going going back and listening to many of our shows that I, I wish there was a tally at how many times for the weekly challenge that you you started off with. Now, granted, I watched this late at the last minute. <laughs> well, I right. Think- that's that's always true. But I mean, not always. <laughs> it's it's almost always true, but it's very often intentional. Like sure. if we're just if we're just going to watch a movie, I want to have watched it like Saturday or Sunday but we record on Mondays. I, I want to have watched it Saturday, Sunday, so it's fresh in my mind. Yes. Um, Absolutely. I last this. night, I, I started it at like 11 p.m. And so I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta, I gotta power through this. It wasn't like I wouldn't have gone to sleep or anything. I'm normally awake until 1 or 2 a.m., so it was fine. Yeah. But um, I was like, okay, this is going to be. And I was, I was with it for about, for about half of it. 
And then, you know, I started like looking at stuff on my phone or whatever. I'm like, okay, what's going on? It's another, you know, I'm, I'm on record as not being super entertained for long periods of time by action, especially when I know that the action is fake because it's always fake. Um, fake. Yeah. When it's not, um, like fake action can be very engaging. Like some of the stuff in, in game of Thrones or, um, the stars, uh, Spartacus series. Uh, I think they had a different title for every season, but the first season was blood and sand. Um, very, very visceral, very, you know, it's like some of the action in, uh, the movie 300. As I go back to that, like a lot of slow motion, a lot of like really bloody, like beheadings and stuff like that, that like, I'll stay engaged with that at, you know, late at night, whatever. But, um, this like, so there, there are a couple, there are a couple things going on here. Um, just like fallen kingdom, the like preachy writing was super heavy handed, super like ham fisted kind of like, there's the guy, I don't I don't know his name. He's done a bunch of stuff since then, but there's the guy who makes the compies mad. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. he's got yeah, he's got like everything. a he's got like a taser cattle prod or whatever. And like yeah. they have this super, super like Twilight Zone esque, you know, um um Chekhov's gun foreshadowing where they're like, Oh, they've never seen humans before. They don't know to be afraid. And he's like, Zap, like now they do. And then 40 minutes later, this dude gets killed by a bunch of those compies. And you're like, oh, man, what a crazy twist. Right. Um, Or, you know, Vince Vaughn is there and he's the, you know, he's the preachy environmentalist. And the great white hunter is there and he's a guy who, you know, he doesn't care about anything but himself and his own pleasure. And there's, you know, the 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 son who's the the main villain is like going to bring the dinosaurs back so that he can make profit off of them. And I'm like, uh, this is, the, this is all the same mistakes that, um, it's like, it's like whoever wrote fallen kingdom watched this movie and thought it was a masterpiece and like lifted all these tropes. Yeah. So, so yeah. there's all of that stuff. I agree that, that it, it went, it ran the gamut of being slightly annoying to mildly infuriating. Like I didn't <laughs> have I didn't have an emotional reaction anywhere near something that could be called infuriating. I was mostly just bored. I uh, agree with that. So, I can see that. So, so we'll say that, but as, as I sat through, as I sat through the story, such as it is, it felt like this is going to, well, whatever. It felt like a, an RPG campaign on rails where, yeah. Okay, like sure. ev- yeah, every that. scene, every interaction, every bit of dialogue was like, what buzzwords do we have to use to set up the next combat encounter? Yeah. I, right. I and like from, sure. from the very beginning, when Jeff Goldblum goes and sees John Hammond and he's he's dying or whatever. And it's like, we actually cloned the dinosaurs on this other island first before we moved them to the park. And then consequently, we have an island filled with dinosaurs. And I'm like, oh, sweet retcon. Awesome. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what that, that whole and thing then, was. And then it was like, you know, the they the the bad guys, quote unquote, take the baby T Rex and they trap him in the thing, and then the the good guys find him and they're gonna help him, except 
you know, it's well-intentioned mistake, dramatic irony, because now the the parent T-Rexes are going to are going to come after them. And then like suddenly the little girl is panicking for no reason. I want to be high. I want to be high. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Remember, they foreshadowed that uh, thing that that high hide that would put them way somehow way up above all the trees. Like, what's that thing hanging from? But doesn't matter. Um, yeah. What is and then <laughs> and then the sequence, the sequence with the the RV or or lab, whatever, falling off the cliff took like 40 minutes to resolve right it took so long and it's it's one of those things where like i saw this in the theater back in the 90s and i don't think i ever watched it after that um and so as things were happening i would remember them i'm like oh this thing has fallen off the cliff did they get to a point where they're holding onto a rope and the thing falls around them or am i thinking of something else because that's a common sort of trope right i think they i think they used it in spider-man homecoming um and that happened but it took so long to get there and then when it happens it's like the 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 rv that they're in and the second one that it's attached to like a train both fall and the three people holding onto the rope like just come out unscathed they thread the needle Right. The the only the only thing I could think of is like if you have and I'm sure you've experienced this, if you have a computer under your desk and you unplug something from the computer and then pull the wire from the top, like yeah. from the desktop, it catches on like every single wire <laughs> under there's the no, desk, right? There's no perfect needle threading, yeah. The, right. you, and I'm like, they are dead. Like if they're not dead by now. This definitely kills them. Like, a cabinet or a door or something from this falling RV train is going to knock them off of that rope. But whatever. Like, this is a movie about dinosaurs cloning back to life. So it's like you can't really quibble too hard about physics or realism. Uh, So I I, I really wanted to interject here. This That actor that... (laughs) No, just just something that I kind of looked up here and... It's interesting. So that actor that we just talked about, the guy with the compies, his name's Peter Stormare, which I had never heard. I've seen him in so many things. Yeah. Never as a leading thing, but just in the same kind of capacity. And I've never heard his name before. He's like, he's like some, like he might be a villain in a Clive Owen movie or something. Or more likely he's the actual villains, like head thug. Right. Right. But he's he's big enough to have speaking lines and to be noticeable for sure. But he just I don't know. So his first real breakout role was in Fargo. And then a year later oh, was right. this. He was a year later was this movie. And then a year later was Armageddon. So he kind of had back to back to back things that he was yeah. in the same kind of role. And to, on his f- filmography, he's been in a hundred and seventy eight films. Yeah, that's a lot of movies. crazy. That's that's a lot of movies to be just like, you know what? I'm doing this work. This is my work. You know? Yeah. So yeah. Props my, to that guy. My Peter my last Stormare. my last note on that. Um, oh, shoot, I just lost it. Sorry, um, I, I know I randomly interrupted with that, but that was so. That was yeah. So they would go from one like, as I said, combat encounter or action sequence, as you would as you as you would actually call it, and it just got like 
increasingly ridiculous. You know, the 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 T-Rex comes back to the mainland and there's this ridiculous scene with the family in the house who the parents don't respect the kid kind of thing. It's very 90s. Yeah. Um how about how about that Richard Attenborough though? That guy is just like, you know, rest in peace. That guy is an amazing actor. <laughs> He's just, just the oh, way that's he... that's what I was gonna say. It was part of the things with the RVs falling. So yeah. the guy, which one's Richard Attenborough? Was he the it's tech John guy? John Hammond. That's John Hammond. Oh, John Hammond. Yeah. Um, okay. the guy who is their like tech guy who's always lecturing, um, Jeff Goldblum on that's Richard. Shit, why the satellite world? why the the satellite phone doesn't work yeah um he he is like trying to save them when they're falling when they're falling in the rv yep and he gets like almost casually eaten by the t-rex yeah and so you go back and forth between like who is this movie for because there are points where it feels like a movie made for kids right or or like you know like middle schoolers well, so so does or as, Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom is the same way. You think it's for kids, but then they're graphic with some eating of arms and stuff. Right, exactly. You're so so. It's this weird. It's this weird mixture. The target audience seems to be, you know, what in America we'd call teens, or um, probably not, like maybe tweens, which is a stupid word, but um, <laughs> or or in anime, it's it's or in Japanese, it's um shonen, okay, which is like literally translates to like young man or something it's all those like um those combat anime like uh dragon ball z and whatnot right um that that feels to be the target so it's like there's some violence but it's not it's it's almost cartoonish like it's real they're real people or or you know body uh mummy not mummy dummies or whatever um but like this dude getting bit and like swallow it, it happens i think when the t-rex comes to the mainland there's like somebody gets eaten and there's like weird comical foley sounds foley work like, <laughs> right uh, uh, uh. so you and hear like, it what, yeah what am i watching right now and then like you know the the t-rex will be chasing them as the whole group and like every step there's a a, a random red shirt getting flattened from the yeah. T-Rex just stepping on it. I'm like this is this is so goofy. So it's very very Yeah, brilliant. that's where I was. About halfway through I I stopped giving it my full attention and was just like okay, what do I need to I I look up and I'm like okay, there's a new that's a different action sequence. Oh, this is that thing where they get chased by the raptors and they're in the tall grass. Like, okay, yeah, I remember this. And yeah, that 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 actor by the way is Richard Schiff. I I don't know if you remember him like he was in West Wing, which he like his character or maybe his what he was in life, whatever as an actor, the difference between him and West Wing and him in this movie are night and day. Like he just mm. they're not even the same kind of person. Right. Okay, so to 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 wrap this one up, can you give uh two quick easy things that are One's a scene or a part of the movie that you liked and enjoyed and a part that you like just totally smashed this whole movie for you. Two different things. Real quick, oh, short man. ones. We've been talking about this for so long and now you spring this on me. It didn't um, have to go in detail. Like this one was I liked, this one I didn't. Or this one sucked. I right, here, I'll I'll start either. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed um 
the it's hard to say which one which one i enjoyed the scene where all of the dinosaurs were like they were rounding up all the dinosaurs with the with ingen and they were you know showing the the battering ram one and they they were collecting them shooting them hunting them type thing i enjoyed that scene that was cool um i thought the gymnastics thing ruined it for me that uh, ruined it just made it just like a just terrible terrible scene you I mean, if I hadn't been completely exhausted at the entire concept of this movie, the thing (laughs) with the raptors, the thing with the raptors, like chasing them in the tall grass and them disappearing like a shark movie, it's still, it's still kind of funny. It's still, um, what you, what you sort of expect out of this, out of this franchise. Um, I like that phrase, what you expect out of this franchise. <laughs> That's kind of a very condescending. <laughs> let me let me see if I let me see if I can if I can uh if I can spread on a little more smugness. Um <laughs> That's good. And then the worst scene. This one's gotta be easy at least, right? The worst thing I mean that, like uh, I mean you said the you said the gymnastics thing already. Um which is an easy go to. I don't know. I mean, the, the ones the ones that come to mind are like, I can see how you could love the 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 ridiculousness of it. Like when the when the compy guy dies, he dies off screen. Like you see him rolling on the ground with them, but then he gets up and is quote unquote fine, which was dumb to me. But then later when he actually dies, like you just hear a bunch of sounds behind a giant fallen tree, and then you know pan over to a bunch of blood or. Yeah. When the uh, when the when the T Rex comes to San Diego and there's like a silhouette shot of him like trumpeting in front of the skyline, yeah. but I can see how if you're really into the the campiness of this film, how you can you can enjoy that. So it's hard to really say that as a you know the most. I mean. I guess I guess maybe the the combination of that gymnastic scene and um Jeff Goldblum's horrible line immediately afterward. <laughs> You're right. And I knew that when when they're they're foreshadowing that in the early scenes or he's like, "Don't you have your big big uh g- g- gymnastics recital? Aren't you really excited oh, about that?" So and, bad. And so and she's bad. like, "Dad, they cut me from the team like 3 weeks ago." Um, I'm like, oh yeah, and then she does the thing. She does the flips at the end, and he's like, "Coach, cut you from the team." Team, like, this, is, oh. this is going to be so dumb. And so I was already primed for it. So it's it's hard to really so say. Uh, to really <laughs> it's, it's all of the above. <laughs> accuse that too hard. This, this for me, it wasn't. It wasn't one moment that. Uh, there's many moments, that, right? That, that I will spoiler. say, if there's one thing this franchise has uh, has taught me is that. Um, tyrannosaurus rexes are arrogant showboats because <laughs> they constantly like yelling out up into the to the world they're definitely that scene where they're in all movies where there's a guy saying no and then the camera's up above him and he's crying up to the air tyrannosaurus rex is you know bellowing after they just beat the crap out of somebody That's yeah cl- clearly what all tyrannosaurus rexes did back in the day no. apparently apparently arrogant 
All right. So so let's after we get this weekly challenge thing, which we've spent too much ignorant amount of time on. I, uh, I let's you know let's in my mind I was like I was like I got like five minutes worth of rant and then we're done. But, uh. <laughs> right. Okay. So let, let's move quickly on to the next one. Let's preface for next week. This is your week this time. The 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 Jurassic Park theme was me. Uh, what do we got? Are we, what kind of a thing are we going here? Are we going Netflix originals? Are we going old school reruns? Okay, we're rewinds? gonna we're we're gonna go to a newer series that I know surprisingly little about. For as okay. much as we talk about Star Trek on this show, um, this is a show my brother Andrew started watching and asked me about, and I knew that I had seen it on the subreddit for Star Trek Adventures and a bunch of other places. It is Seth MacFarlane's uh, The Orville. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that's on. Is it on? It's Netflix? on Hulu. Hulu. Okay, it's on Hulu. Everybody. All right. So we'll get your commercials at the ready. So we'll check that out. I think it's what is it? Forty forty-five minute episodes. Oh, there. It's a show. Oh, that's right. It's a show. That's right. Um. Okay. So what? What? How many should we watch? Let's see. There. I think there are two seasons. Maybe the second season isn't out. Let's look here. Um, 45 minutes that's a that's a good stretch there are there are 12 episodes okay so why don't and, we and, do... and I, I don't know is it is it a serial show is it like things that go on like a west world where you or stranger I have, things where you i have no thing? idea okay all right all all Are i you... know is that it's it's sort of star trek but maybe not parody which uh surprises me from seth mcfarlane but um Let's say I'm gonna say like four episodes. Okay, I was gonna say three to four. That's that's uh three hours about, not including yeah. commercials. We got a whole week, yeah. so Wow, a whole week to watch this thing. <laughs> a whole week. Um normal, okay. normal so week. we're gonna do the Orville on Hulu for four episodes. We we will come out that that I, I've seen I've also not seen much on that. I've read a few. I've scanned or skimmed a few articles about people talking about it, but nothing in detail whatsoever. Right. Um, so that, that that that's a good one. That's a good one. We you know we do have we both like Star Trek and and we'll see how that goes. Um, hey man, can I ask you something? Uh, if you were looking back at your week this week, what would what would be your good news for the week? My my good news for the past quote unquote week. Yes, for the past four days, three, your three, good four news. Days. Good news, everyone. Some amazing things that, that happened. So at first I was thinking that uh, today's good news would be that I got my new main character in World of Warcraft to max level this afternoon. Hey, that is good news. Um, which is a thing. It's, Bully it's kind for of you. A, Bully for you. It's kind of a grind these days. They changed the, uh, the open world um, regions to sort of level scale okay if you're familiar with level scaling from other games uh guild wars 2 and and so on it's wow it's a game that's been out almost 14 years uh so it's not it's not full scaling but the way it works is um most of the zones in original azeroth scale from like 20 to 60 so you do your or maybe 10 to 60 so you do your starting zone, and then you can go wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, the nice thing about that is if you queue into a dungeon, uh, you won't out-level whatever quest chain you were on. Right. 
so you do um you do azeroth from 20 to 60 then you do either northrend or original outlands from 60 to 80 so you can do either one of those any any of those whatever like a dozen zones yeah. uh you do pandaria and the cataclysm azeroth zones from 80 to 90 because cataclysm was 80 to 85 pandaria was 85 to 90 mm-hmm. i'm amazed that i remember all these details probably because i just <laughs> went yeah. through it um and still from 90 to 100 you have to do draenor from the last expansion and then 100 to 110 in the broken isles from legion the current expansion that is almost yeah. done and we'll, and and I I definitely don't want to go into this because we'll spend forty five minutes on it. But <laughs> I, I'm not sure how I feel about level scaling. Um, there's a lot to unpack with it. The idea it's, that it's it's I a mixed like bag and go it's back to Westfield or Westfold or whatever that is. It's influenced. Like, it's idea. influenced by the fact that they sell boosts now, and they give you one with the purchase of any exp- every expansion. Like since for the last two or three expansions, when you buy the expansion, you get a boost to the level of the previous right so if you buy the next expansion battle for azeroth you get a boost token to 110 yeah so so, so, that way so if you you're new to the game or if you haven't played in five years you can just boost your character up to the current max and go from there yeah um, and, and i know the scaling is to to so that that character can go back to the intro zones and do it and do quests and still get exp i i get that I, but yeah and i think i think that it's capped like i think if you're over 60 like if you're level 80 and you go to a 20 to 60 zone like you're still going to be one-shotting everything it's just that if you want to quest and level up the quote-unquote old way um you can you can still do that and you're not going to blow because with heirlooms and everything you level so fast that you don't see you can't even really experience any zone because you're going to out-level it before you get halfway through the quest chains in that zone. Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, that so I, I, okay. I see so, both so, sides. Anyway, anyway that's right. I went in more detail on that than I wanted to. Um, my real good news is uh, my my dad and, and Andrew and I went on a little road trip Saturday um, down to Indianapolis. There was a raffle drawing for a free car which we were like, uh, it's a long ways. It's like a three hour drive from here. But if there's a chance, they're only going to draw names for people who show up. So, you know, if there are only yeah. like 50 people there, that's pretty good odds for, for getting a free car. We did not get a free car. Um, oh, what we did do is drive around central and southern Indiana looking at a couple properties. And since we were so close to Bloomington, um, I decided that we should stop in and, uh, we looked at a property in town and then I was like, I was like, Hey, who's, who's around? Who's, uh, who's free. We'll grab a beer and, uh, made it to the, the elusive, what many thought was never going to be real, um, switchyard brewing. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, I, I, I gotta say that's, that's, uh, maybe one half of my good news was, you know, that I got to see you that day. Yep. That was pretty fun. Yeah, it was it was a short time, but it's in a kind of a surprise visit. But it's uh, always good to hang out with uh, with you in in real life. So that was definitely a that was definitely a good news for for my weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was funny because Andrew hasn't seen you since last summer when when we were mm-hmm. camping, mm-hmm. and he was like, right. he was like, hey, Mike, have you lost weight? And you asked me, you were like, <laughs> you're like, I don't know, does it look? And I'm like, 
we talk every week, but it's <laughs> on it's over it's over Discord. Like I don't see you. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forget. I just kind of forget and assume. And granted, we we do see it's it's now that we've been doing the show, we do see each other more often than what we may have before because yeah, just, like once we a, make that happen and once we, a month, we every this. six weeks. I don't. I mean, right. before I moved, we didn't really hang out. You were still right, right. you were still married when I when I lived in town for right. most of that time. So so we we, we do make a point of that, and and I'm glad yeah. for that. Um, so the, the, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely part of part, I would say part of my good news as well. So I, I can piggyback on that one. Um, I got to, I, I had for my good news, I've, I've had a really good last couple of weeks in general. I, I mentioned going to Holland, yeah. uh, Michigan, which was fun. That was last had week. Some adventures. Yeah, I did. Um, and I, I, I'm happy to think that in the next, this whole month that I'm hopefully we'll be having, I've got planned several fun, great adventures going to be. And this includes last week where, where it was just a, a good weekend uh, going out with a friend and enjoying the world. Um, but <laughs> I, I, on Saturday, uh, kind of a spur of the moment thing, I got to go up to this place called Nine Irish Brothers up in Indianapolis on Mass Avenue, which is Massachusetts Avenue. Um, I've heard of that the, place. What is that? It's it's a, just an Irish pub. And it's very, it's not one of those like, uh, oh, we're kind of Irish. Um, in Bloomington, <laughs> we've got an Irish pub here called... Um, the Irish lion and, and it's good. It's nice, but, and, and maybe the owner is Irish, but it just kind of has like the decor of, of Irish. This place is feels like there's everyone's there's Irish. Everyone, when you're walking in there on a regular basis, people are, are definitely wearing kilts the whole time, customers and staff and everything. It's the, this is where the Irish people in Indy hang out. Um, or Scottish both, you know? Uh, so it's, oh, I, it's, I, I, I know what it is. I, I, I remember it now. Last, yeah. not this spring, but spring 17, 2017, yep. uh, my youngest sister and I went out to Lafayette, Indiana, where okay. David was living at the time. It's before he moved down to Florida. And we went out for um, St. Patrick's Day. Oh, man. Right, what a, place, what a, a great place for St. Patty's. Hit, hit, oh, man. We, we hit up a local... Um, brewery for dinner and and first beer and then and then caught an uber to um the nine irish brothers in lafayette so it it must be a regional chain wow what what a yeah it, it must be i didn't actually realize it was but the uh and so um, i so i spent i spent a lot of the time we were there pointing out stuff and i'm like like oh yeah that that's how the road signs really are i'm i'm sure that all of my family and friends are super sick of my anecdotes from uh going to ireland in 2015 <laughs> but uh well, you know, the, the, this this was this was fun. This was this is a great. It's a great place. They do have a great Irish menu to, to mm-hmm, eat at. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, they have all the Irish drinks, and it's it's a great pub. And if you get to Indianapolis and you want to try some some Irish stuff, I would strongly suggest there. Mass Ave in general has a lot of things. There's a good German thing it's with the Mass Ave. I wonder. I wonder how far that is from our our B and B for Gen Con. Uh, it, uh, from when we were at Gen Con, like a block. Is is what it is. It, it's, nice. it wasn't far. Oh, oh, you mean from like, like this year or like when we were there up there before? Yeah, n- for this year. Oh, this year it's it's still away. I think that it's we're in Fountain Square and Mass Ave's a little off. I, I could be wrong, but I know that when we. I stayed, know it's always it's always kind of a challenge to not only gather people but to get everybody the same place. Man, um, if we get to go as a group to, uh, out somewhere, that would be cool to go to that place. But it's 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 kind of fun. It's easy and, and good. Um, but I got to, what well, we went there on Saturday was to listen to a um. It's, they're described as a Scotch American folk rock band uh, called Highland Rain, R E I G N, uh, yeah, and yeah. they're 
they're cool. It's just, it's fun. It's definitely like you're, you know, back when you hear Scottish or um, Irish music and you think of, uh, one of the scenes I always come to mind is when you watch the old Highlander. Old, oh, there's Highlander, but no, but I'm thinking more of, um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, Titanic. And there's the, the third class oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. party and they're down there and they're all just playing, you know, Irish and Scottish music and they're all dancing and having a good party. That's what this kind of feels like. They're, they're playing fun, very beat heavy kind of, you know, Scottish music and every, and with, um, a fiddle or a bagpipe, mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, that kind of, and guitar and it's just fun. And they had two sets and we stayed for both of them. And you're the whole time you're pounding the table, you're clapping. Sometimes you're singing <laughs> along with it. Um, and as the night gets, gets more and more, there's people singing and kind of this Irish conga lines that are, that are neat. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. That's definitely good news. Um, I will go see them again. I'll hang out over at the, the, um, the Irish, nine Irish brothers. And I invite other when, uh, when we were at the one in Lafayette, um, it was, St. Patrick's Day. And so there were tons of people, you know, wearing green and all this. I have a man, I, I'd love to go there for a St. Patrick's Day. What I, a great I, have, time. I have a Jameson scarf that um uh Jen or somebody at the at the Atlas gave me. And so I I'm pretty sure I had that with me. And uh, you know, so people are like, hey, you know, crazy drunk St. Patrick's Day people. But the band was a group from Milwaukee. And I'm well, like, that, okay. that's weird. <laughs> and they they started out doing all the, you know, Irish Rover and um, whatever, all the classic um, Irish uh, Kaylee songs that that most people know. And then like transitioned into I think they did the Proclaimers 500 Miles and uh, Devil Went Down to Georgia. And I was like, just because you have a violin or fiddle doesn't mean that you can do irish folk music and country music like you're mixing you're mixing too many things here like this is people come to listen to what they want to listen and i mean it's saint patrick's day so it's crazy drunk people in lafayette and like my yeah you know i talk about expectations all the time but my expectations were not super high Well, well, I'd uh, like to go back and see a Highland Rain play again. It's something they do that's interesting, that's kind of cool. Um, I just heard slash read about from somebody that I went with was um, they're just a, a small band, of like three people, and they have like a little fan club or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but every, I want to say every year or every two years, they go to Scotland and they'll play like in three or four places and they'll they'll invite fans to come with them. And I think they might mm. even do like a, a, a like a raffle slash drawing slash whatever where they take one or two fans and pay for their trip. Um, and that would be they go amazing. and you go with them. The idea is that you go kind of on tour with them to to all the spots and you so like the five to ten fans that end up they choose to go kind of or raffle or whatever to go with them. Um, you go and you go to every night that they're going in Edinburgh or Edinburgh and all these different places in Scotland and listen to them play party with them and go see all the sites as well. So that's sounds really cool. You know, and there's, I saw people there at the, at the pub that had shirts on for their Scottish trips in the past. And nice. that looked really, that looked really neat. Um, so anyway, Hey, so here we go. You, as you and I do, we talk and we've been talking for a, a good, a good amount tonight. So we are, are at a, a short, short time on our show. But you and I have 
have a stack pile of things that we want to talk about. I have a feeling we're only going to get one of these in. So I'm going to let you pick. We've got a list that you and I had, had, had done. Um, we want, we wanted to talk about some co-op games, something you called the soap opera effect. I've been putting off this hacking code okay, stuff the, in the film. The, what, the what, soap what, opera effect what, what is, we pretty, is pretty quick. So, okay, let's do um, that. What do you got? Oh man, this is going to sound, I mean, nobody listened to this show, but I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what I'm talking about. Love your about. optimism so, there. We got this. So, okay. so there's that. Uh, by the way, by the way, all you listeners, you're more than nobody. Dennis is just kidding. He's okay. <laughs> as okay. as I am fond of saying, we're going to get mail about this, even though we've literally right, right. never gotten a single okay. email that wasn't spam. Um, <laughs> do you have a, a quote unquote 4K TV? I do not. You don't. But do you've not. seen uh, 4K or sometimes Ultra HD, UHD TVs. Sure, in my like local Best Buy, I'm assuming, yeah. Okay, so or if I Walmart. say the soap opera effect, does that mean anything to you? It does not, and I'm I'm eager to find out what that means. Okay, so are you familiar with the like sort of visual experience of a soap opera compared to quote unquote normal TV? Mm, okay i mean i know it's soap operas and like the, the 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 camera motion and everything looks very smooth almost too smooth okay yeah um it it made a little bit of news when um peter jackson's hobbit trilogy came out yeah because he filmed those movies at i want to say like 60 frames a second maybe even 120 he filmed, he record or whatever, filmed those movies at a very high frame rate and okay. then screened them, like showed them at that same high frame rate. Yeah. And so the motion is very smooth and it's unsettling because nothing has high frame rate, smooth motion like that. Okay. So does, does any of that make sense? Uh, I It does. So is 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 this a bad thing or Well, so so here's the here's here's the story. If you get if you buy a a newer TV, it usually comes defaulted with um some kind of um software in it that um ends up creating this effect as a side effect. Okay. Um what happens is almost all uh western united states tv and movies are um are done at i think 24 or 25 frames a second okay which is not you know the people people have long extensive opinions about this like the okay. the it's it's slower than the frame rate that our eyes can actually perceive um okay I don't know how really all this is measured, but the goal or the peak seems to be 60, 60 frames a second. That okay. like this is as fast as you can detect. If it's moving, if the frames are changing any faster than that, your brain is not processing them. Okay. Um and so it's so it's a waste. But nothing is even close to that. Like it used to be the the full frame was 30, but movies and TV shows were done at like 25. 
because it was close enough. Either either right. it was close enough or it was intentionally a little bit slower to um to sort of reinforce the the psychological perception of fiction as in this okay. is not real like this doesn't look completely real and so i know that it's not real so, um so it's is sort the, of are these whole it, soap opera effects are they like soup does it feel like it's super high resolution real type stuff yeah, like if you if you don't know, if you don't understand the technology or what's happening, if you watch something on a new TV and everything is really smooth, really punchy, you know, if it's if you're seeing whatever 60 plus frames a second, yeah. You might you go back and forth between A this looks strange and B this must be how it's supposed to look, quote unquote. It's a little bit like the old um, full screen widescreen argument. Okay. Although, although that one's much more obvious, though apparently there were, and hopefully not still, but for a long time were people who didn't understand how widescreen and letterboxing worked. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, why is it so small with the black on the, t they're cutting all the heads off. And you're like, yeah, yeah right. no, that's literally the opposite of what's happening. Um, right. And yeah, yeah. I, I think that that argument is mostly, you know, we've gotten past that. But as a as a society, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, right. So, but anyway, what's happening is the new TVs are are equipped to handle higher frame rates, but all of okay. the old content is not. You can't. Um, I mean, you can't, and that's what's happening. Sorry, I'm speaking sentence fragments. Um, if I watch The Godfather or even a movie mm -hmm. made in the early 2000s, mm -hmm. that movie was made at 25 frames a second. It doesn't matter okay. if my TV can show me 60. The okay. movie was made in 25. What most new TVs, and there's a there's an article I'll find in the link in the show notes, but um, like LG and a lot of the big names... Um, do this, they have some technology that has some trademarked name. Um, in LG, I think it's called True Motion, T-R-U Motion. Okay. They have some technology where the TV takes the signal, the video signal, and interpolates frames, like new frames, in between the old frames. Right? So if, you're, if your movie was at 25 or 30 and the TV wants to show it at 60, the TV has to make one frame for every existing frame. Like it has to show okay. you three frames where the original source material only has two. Right, okay. Or I whatever. It's like two, Panasonic two, has two and four, my, my cinema math. smoothing thing that they do. Right, okay. and, or cinema smoothing. Like it's, it's called something different for every brand. And so when right. you see, sometimes you see something that it looks super smooth, like almost uncomfortably so and it's just the tv faking those extra frames okay dude this this i am so glad you brought this t brought this topic up because <laughs> years ago and i'm talking four years ago five years ago i had this effect happen and i have yet to this day until this exact moment when you described this known <laughs> what it was i not known what it was and i've almost i i have definitely wanted to cap recapture that 
um, because I see it randomly on random TVs and you're right. They are mostly on the higher end TVs, but I don't always see it on every higher end TV. And now you're, you're, you are telling me how it is. So my, my experience was I was at a buddy's house and he did get a new, uh, 4k TV and he, you know, was, we were over for a game night and he put on aliens, like the old aliens with Sigourney Weaver. And it's one of our favorite movies, me and my, and Bill, mm-hmm. our, our buddy from the show it, it, to watch that show. And it, when it was on, it looked like ultra real, like, whoa, I've never seen this movie look like it's a set. Like it was filmed on the set yeah. instead of, you know, like this. And like, and just what you said, the words you said was like, this is like, like maybe this is what it's supposed to look like instead of, you know, blurry. It's not just ultra crisp, but it looks like the, like you said, a soap opera effect. It felt like the, they're recording it. It's not been post-production and you're actually watching this real thing. Um, and, and we were kind of stunned by it and I, I didn't see it anything like that again on TVs except for randomly like, Oh wait, that's kind of that effect too. And should I buy that TV? And I'd never heard of it before, but now I know. And I will say I kind of liked it. I really dug it because it did feel more real. Yeah. And maybe it was just because I watched it with aliens that I liked, but it's a, it's a question of perception and you know, like, well, not not everything and not even maybe most things, but like some things, I think it's best to go into it eyes open. Like, if you yeah. know that that's what's happening, like, if I have, you know, a, if I have a picture that's kind of blurry or whatever, or maybe the color is off, and I put it into Photoshop, and Photoshop can sharpen it up, and it looks okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, it's not the, it's not the original, but it's okay. Um, it's actually very similar to the widescreen letterboxing issue. Like TVs used to be square. Well, at some point they were actually square. Most, most of the time they were four to three aspect ratio, much closer okay. to square than a theater screen, which is usually uh, 16 by nine. And so to watch a movie, a theater movie, on a TV for years and years meant that the movie was cropped. And sometimes they would do weird stuff where they'd, like, slide the picture over if they're, like, two people talking and they don't fit in the four to three aspect ratio. Yeah, They would do all this weird stuff. And then at some point, like, in the 90s, uh, you know, somebody, Ted Turner or somebody yeah. was like, this is dumb. TVs are big enough now that we should just show them the whole picture and, you know, then they can see it the way that it was in the theater. It'll be smaller, but that's better than cropping it. Okay. And if you're just a person watching TV, you might not understand what's going on. Yeah, right. That's th- that situation I I feel like is a little easier to understand than this one. Because yeah. this one, for for years, like, I would see it, you know, I'd go to a bar and they'd have HTTV or I'd go to my uh, brother-in-law's place and, like, the, the the video looks a little unsettling and I'm like, why is this like this? This is weird. And, like, oh, it's it's Ultra HD. And unlike the letterboxing thing, you can look at this effect and go, oh, it's it's better. Yeah. And it's... It's not really. It's it's artificial, but maybe yeah. you know, maybe you like that and that's fine. 
But that, if that's, it's that's so interesting. If yeah. it's strange and unsettling, so like for me, I got a I bought a new TV back uh, Black Friday. It's 4K with um, HDR effect, but it's like a it's a low end LG. And okay. um, I heard this this idea of the I, he didn't call it soap opera effect, but um, Merleman talked about it on one of his podcasts. He was uh, visiting family and the the like distant cousins or whatever were not at the house where he was staying. And he started to open the menu on their TV to like, quote unquote, fix it to match his yep. uh, his perception of how things should be. And his wife like grabbed the remote out of his hand. She's like, don't mess with their TV. Um, and I was, I was like, I was like, wait a minute. And so then I Googled it and that's how I know about all this. So for my, on my TV, I went and disabled it. I'm like, if this is an old, you know, movie or TV show or whatever shot in 25 frames a second, that's what I want to see. I don't want the TV to fake it for me. If I'm watching something new Netflix or whatever that they shot in 60 frames, like, okay, fine. Show it to me as close to the original as we can get. Cause that's my, uh, is, is that because sort of you prefer like the director's decision on what to show you instead of what it's, I mean, because that, that sounds mm. like, that sounds like that's almost like a, um, Oh, you know that it's doing it, but if you didn't know that it's doing it, it may be not be a big deal, but well, because and, you're intelligent. And, that, mind is and like, that's, oh. and that's part of it too. It's the like, you know, Schrodinger's cat kind of thing. Like you can't unlearn, you can't unknow the things that you know right like okay well now that now i know that this is the tv faking it like i don't want and uh, you know i'm using a little bit derogatory terminology there but like now that i know that it's an artificial effect i'm like nah just just give me the give me the original how it is like i can't like if i left it on and i watched something this happened when i started watching lost world i was like wait this looks too smooth did i let me double check that setting um, you know, I, that's, that's funny because I, I, you're right. I think that most people, um, are probably don't like the effect and, and because exactly for the reason you said, I think that people it's, it shows the illusion of fiction, that motion blur. It's kind of like, um, uh, when you watch, I was seeing this on the Lord of the Rings movies, when you watch some of the like behind the scenes or the extras, when they, they show one of my favorite things is when they show the coloring of, of the film and, mm. and the, the lighting, that, mm -hmm. So when it's on set and it's recording and then afterwards in post, they do these many layers to make the colors and the stuff change for moods and what they want to see. And yeah. the, the very, very, it's very different from what they record on set as opposed to the, the, the mood that you, you see it in. It's, it's, it's a huge difference in the, in the experience. So I get that, um, seeing it like say as if it was recorded like real like that through the a normal video camera recorder would totally change the thing i i get that but i i gotta say you talking about this makes me want to buy one of those tvs with that on it i i did not see myself wanting to buy a tv at all for the next <laughs> five years but i think this this black friday i might check out and look and see if there's a 4k I mean, on there cheap to get I that mean, effect you, you've got you've got almost two hours probably before prime day ends you could go check out oh, I, I don't i don't i just spent already that, that's on, that's, on. that's a don't do, don't do that <laughs> right. but but really i mean you're right not it's definitely probably not for everyone but but for me i'm glad now that i know exactly what that is and actually it's neat that to hear that they have abilities to turn it on and off so that you can in the settings you can say you know i i want it on and off yeah i mean and, i mean basically all all that i'm saying with that is like i don't want the tv to fake it if I'm watching, if 
for some reason, I don't reason, mind it if it's okay. If for some reason I, you know, I don't know, get really drunk or something and want to watch the Hobbit trilogy again, um, <laughs> you really have to be something on me. I then then sure I want to see it the way that it was filmed. But if I'm watching a 20 year old um, Jeff Goldblum uh, animatronic dinosaur movie, like yeah. I don't need the TV to, and I don't want the TV to fake interpolate. The yeah, there. yeah, you're right. It's probably it, it is almost probably a movie by movie basis type thing, um, but but I it's will li- say it's a little bit of my experience um, going through having having other people use my TV more. It's set up in my parents' um, theater room that I've I've discussed uh, yeah. on the show before. It's not you know it's just a room with a little bit more soundproofing in the basement that has all of yeah. my dad's mounted deer heads because you know <laughs> right. mom won't have them in the in the real part of the house. <laughs> um, but, uh, my, my brother, Andrew, who's been on the show, m- moved back, uh, probably like a month ago and he wanted to rewatch, uh, ready player one. Yeah. And my sister had never seen it. Um, my sister, I don't know the one who was on the trail, the yeah. Pacific coast trail. Right. She's, mm-hmm. she's home for a few weeks, uh, to deal with some uh not not super serious um medical issues her insurance only covers indiana whatever she's here and so they wanted to watch this movie and they had this problem where the surround sound system that my dad has only works with the blu-ray player like the speakers are all plugged into the blu-ray player and the blu-ray player has inputs but they're you know analog rca audio inputs and everything that we're watching now comes out of the apple tv my apple tv mm-hmm. which doesn't have it doesn't have outputs i mean it has yep. video it has hdmi out that's it right and right. the tv my tv has no outputs except for a digital or um a fiber optic audio can i say that that's a bit that's a huge limitation in today's modern age of of the way things are presented with HDMI is that sound like surround sound systems and that kind of theater stuff is incredibly limited. As it's opposed a, it's to where a, it was it's a mess. Like all of, all of my like acquired knowledge over, you know, a few decades of, of putting all this stuff together. Like none of it applies anymore. It's like, Oh, now you have to do this and this and this, like our, the TV upstairs that gets the most use, they've got a sound bar. It's a sound bar that um, dad bought to go with the projector, but I set it up in the living room because I'm like, this is this is nice. Let's just use it in here. And it has it has a handful of inputs, but it has HDMI in and out. So yeah. you take the Apple TV or whatever, you run it into the sound bar and then run that out to the TV. So you're intercepting and grabbing the sound. Right. Um, what they but, ended, but, but, what they ended up doing... HDMI doesn't have like... It's 5.1 or 7.1 channels, does it? I don't know. I mean, it's digital, so I assume that it could carry anything. It's like USB. Oh, okay. All right. Um, that's, that's interesting. Okay. You just have to have the the sound stereo equipment to handle and decode that. But okay. what they ended up doing for Ready Player One is this super Frankensteinian uh, solution. So I had discovered a few weeks ago that the Apple TV has Bluetooth. I mean, I knew that it had Bluetooth because that's how the remote works. 
but it has the ability to connect to my Bluetooth headset, my my earbuds, which yeah. is something my PS4 can apparently not do because Sony hates everyone. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I was like, I was like, well, I can do this, but I don't know. You're on your own. So they were they were setting up that movie, and um, and Andrew comes and knocks on my door, and he's like, he's like, do you think that you're um your echo would would connect to it i'm like well yeah probably and so we went through the whole like ridiculously difficult situation of um or process of moving my echo dot from my office setup to the tv room and getting it connected to the wi-fi again which is weird wi-fi whatever um then pairing it to the apple tv because it functions as a bluetooth speaker and so then they were watching the movie from the apple tv with the picture on the tv the audio going over bluetooth to my echo dot and then its analog aux (laughs) output going into the blu-ray player so that the audio could go out on the speakers that is a lot of work there i was like okay that works and then like <laughs> the next day I got on I got on Newegg and found a um fiber optic uh converter, audio converter. It takes it takes digital audio or fiber optic audio in and converts it to analog RCA audio out, which is what yeah. the Blu-ray player can take. And I'm like, I'll just get this like fifteen bucks. We'll plug it. It has to be like USB powered and all this, but I'm like, okay, now the the TV, the sound coming out of the TV can go into the surround sound system and it's, you know, 15 bucks instead of whatever, like 150 bucks it would cost to get a different uh, audio device to handle right. those speakers. Well, the, 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 that's something that I also have to look at too, that I'm, is, is a new like receiver. I've got one from the 2000s if not late 90s but right it still works i have a but i have a stereo i have a stereo in my room that i bought to i don't know this is this is super i'm going way detailed on on audio devices but um when i decided that i was going to get into vinyl records um i got an old turntable and turntables used to be set up in a way that they they put out audio at a certain level that was not amplified like it was lower levels than most like tape decks or whatever and so your stereo would have a phono like phonograph input that was okay. m- more sensitive than the other inputs and okay. i bought the insignia the best buy brand their only stereo that still had phonograph inputs because those were you know mostly phased out yeah and then i bought a new turntable that outputs audio at normal levels so i have this two point you know two like straight stereo no 5.1 uh uh, receiver but i use it at my desk so it's only got two speakers and a sub like i don't need 5.1 for anything like right right i don't i can't really hear that and it's and it's fine yeah well, anyway, that was we, we went into a little bit of our audio. We we should have had uh, our buddy Pat come on for this one. We, yeah, we talk have. about talk about home theater stuff. All yeah. right, man. We'll uh, 
push that, these. That that actually took up our our last bit of time on that. <laughs> I was like, we, oh, we... I'll tell this story. It'll be really quick. But I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad that you were able to get uh, something out of that from your. Yeah, yeah, no, that's actually huge. Experience. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be big for me because that that solves a long time query that I've had. Yeah, in, it was. Really it was a little way. bit revelatory to me. I was like, I was like, oh, this looks weird. And then the the standard response is like, oh, it it looks different because it's better. Kind of like again the widescreen full screen thing. And then, yeah. But then to discover this like several years later that like it's not necessarily better. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. I mean, I, I did I did like it for that one time that I saw the movie, and on a few other non movie looking scenes on some things i've seen so it's it's nice for me to know that i now i know how to reproduce it when i want it and to get a tv that can get it and know how to turn it off when i don't want it so that's that's cool i'm excited it's one of those things like you know people gave uh peter jackson a little bit of crap when he said he was doing the hobbit movies at a higher frame rate he's like you know after five ten minutes you don't notice it anymore and whoever wrote the article that i read about it was like uh that's that's a long ways into a movie to be like, just suffer through it these 10 minutes and then it'll be fine. Like that's a weird point of view. But um, in, in this case, you know, again, as I've I've said several times now, belabor this point, but um, it's not, it's, it's artificial. So, you know, there's no, there's no point in like adjusting your, your eyes to this effect. If it's not, you know, but but did did you say real. he artificially made this one like this, or did he no, actually when, record when it in sixty? He recorded it that way, and it's so that's still not artificial. That's actually it's not artificial, of... but you have the same reaction to it because it's so different from every other like movie and TV you've ever. Uh, but TV see, man, show. that kind of that kind of defeats your whole your whole argument earlier. It's like, oh, don't I don't want to watch this because this is not how it was intended. Like this is literally how he intended you to watch it. Yeah, if it is, if that is the way that it was made, that's fine. Um, and even if it is the TV faking it after the first 10 minutes, you're not going to notice it anymore. Just for me, I was like, I was like, no, I'm going to just turn it off. Like, I don't, I don't need the, I don't need the TV faking it. Now I will say on that, on this last point here with the TV faking thing, (laughs) I'm not adverse to going into the settings when I get a TV and putting cinema mode on or sport mode or whatever. And that's the TV mm. doing exactly the same thing. It's changing colors and sharpness and contrasts to get a, get a there, certain, there are so many settings for that stuff that I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. All I know is when I get to a scene in a cave, I can't see anything. Can, can I turn up the gamma <laughs> yes. please? Or yes, when you, no, or I, when I, you play I, those video games that are like, um, not that I play many of these games, but like dark souls and stuff that are like set the brightness until you can just barely see this thing. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to turn it higher than that. I, I totally do the same thing. It's I don't. Like, no. I don't want stuff jumping out of the shadows just because the brightness is set too low. Yeah, exactly. I want. I, I want to see everything. Damn it! All right, man. Oh, man, all right. I think, I think we've belabored that topic. We'll we'll Got have it. to we'll have to push off this other stuff until uh, until next time. We'll get it. We'll get them all. All right. We'll, 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 well, you have been listening to the front porch. This is episode forty-seven. We've got. Woo-hoo. 47. Is, I guess the week after Gen Con will be will be 50. That's crazy. It's been Whoa. almost a year. We, we've I know. been doing this. It's it, nice and easy. Good. It's, it's moving it's along. Good, it's Love good it. times. We we yep. get on we get on the phone, we talk about nerd stuff and uh yep. And it ne- and it seems to never end. We're always we're always like we're never going to have enough and then we have way too much and it's hope, that's, that's hopefully the way to be. somebody somebody out there is listening to it. If 
maybe only well, our, our good friend Fox that, I, we that I gave a hard them, time yeah, at the beginning of the sure. episode. Yeah. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Fox and the other geeks over at Geek Scholars Movie News. Especially as much as we've ran Fox down this episode. Exactly, we, we, exactly. Special thanks to this whole organization there. Um, if you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, you can find show notes. We'll have a couple of links for this episode, not too many. Mm-hmm. We got a contact form there. You can, uh, you can reach out to us. Hopefully someday somebody does that. But uh, don't, don't forget to go check out uh, drakesbrewhouse.com to see the... Uh, all the amazing new updates that uh, Dennis has put up there, right, Dennis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, slow slow progress on the house. You you haven't asked that for a couple weeks, but uh, I know we we've been going. I'm it's coming back around. I'm gonna we're, get, I'm we're gonna... getting close to being able to tile again. I got a a few more drywall touch ups, and then I'll or not being able to tile. Tiling is done you, on the second floor. We'll be able to paint um, dr- drywall. You know, patch. for a heart a heartbeat there, I almost thought you were gonna say we're almost close to listing it. That that was like. That's oh, no. almost what I had thought you you were going to say. That's such a long list. Is that my my <laughs> literal front porch has to be uh, has to be the floor has to be redone. It's, I, I've got a screen door. It's like one of the first things that I bought, and it's somewhere probably out in the garage. Right. Um. Anyway, if if for some reason you guys like listening to us talk about nerd stuff, you can subscribe to the front porch on Apple Podcasts or anywhere podcasts are found. And if you're there, if you leave us a review. That helps us out. Thanks, as always, for listening. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael Daniels. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. Night, guys. Night, guys.